Hey guys, and welcome. Today I want to talk to you about struggling in your work for the Lord. When you get to a point in your stepping out for Jesus and you feel like it's disappointment. It's not going as you expected it to go. You might have spent hours and days in preparation. You might have worked really hard. You might have covered it with prayer. And it doesn't seem to go like you had hoped it would have gone. This could happen in your life when you've been praying for someone and you get the opportunity to share the gospel and it doesn't go as you hoped. They don't seem to listen. Or you might have started a ministry or get, gotten involved with your church and it's just not going as you thought it would. There's a temptation to take that outward thing, that outward result, and turn it inward on yourself and think, I'm a failure. Nothing's happening. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I wasn't called by the Lord. In response to that, I wanted to share a story about a guy that I really, you know, is close to my heart. His name is Jer Jeremiah Lamphere, and he lived in the mid to late 1800s. He was in his 40s when he was called by a church in New York to be a outreach minister, essentially. The church was struggling. The church was in danger of shutting down. There were many who said, just give it up. The regular congregation had gotten old or moved away. They chose Jeremiah Lanfear to reach out to people, and it was a job that he felt called to. It was also a really difficult time in the history of the United States. So it was 1850s. The Civil War was on the horizon. The the North and the South were already at an unofficial war. There was lots of strife, lots of troubles. There were also rumblings of financial troubles. People were not certain and not comfortable in life. It was a lot like now. There's a lot going on that people are looking for certainty in response to. So the church hires this guy who's in his 40s. He's a businessman with no experience at all in the ministry. They pray about what to do, how to reach people, and Lanfear comes up with the idea that they should have a prayer meeting for businessmen like he had just been. He starts it and spends three months in prayer. He spends three months giving out handbills, putting, handing them out personally, giving them out, tacking them up all around New York City. It's estimated that he gave out around 2,000 handbills. How much time does that take? How much effort goes into that? He also has just spent hours upon hours in prayer. So you can imagine when the day arrives, it's covered in prayer. He's worked hard. He's got every intention to serve the Lord. It's exactly how we are supposed to approach ministry. So these stories that we hear, we usually, at this point, it, goes and he shows up and there's this tremendous work of the Lord and thousands of people get saved. It's not what happens here. Lanfear shows up and he's opening the meeting and there's exactly one person there, him. He's there for a prayer meeting. It's in a church. He's got signs up all over the city and no one shows up. At this point, the temptation is to give up to say, okay, I guess the Lord wasn't in it. Okay, Lord, there was no 
tangible results according to my eyes. This must not be your will. Instead, my fear just started praying. And 20 minutes or so in, another person shows up. Yay, it's a 100% increase. They finish the meeting and decide to come back the next Wednesday for another meeting. And praise the Lord, there's a huge increase percentage-wise. 600% increase, if you're mathematically inclined. That's an additional six people show up. So still thousands of handbills, many hours, lots of prayer, and you've got seven people. I don't know about you, but my temptation there would just be to pack it up, to feel crushed, all my hopes and dreams for nothing according to me, according to my temptation. You might have felt this, this temptation in your workplace. If you reached out to someone and to ask to, to pray with them, or reach out to someone to share the gospel. You might have felt it in your family as you're trying to minister to your kids or to your wife or to your brothers or sisters, to your parents. And initially, the response is negative. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to help you. I'm not going to come to church with you. I'm not going to pray with you. The temptation is just to give up and stop and say the Lord's not in that. Or more accurately, if you're like me, I failed. I must have done something wrong. Focus on me. But that's not what Jeremiah Lanfear did. Each week, he went home and prayed and trusted the Lord and said, Lord, your will, not mine. A lot like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he is laying on his face. Gethsemane means olive press. He's feeling the pressure of what is going to come on the cross. And his flesh says, turn away. His flesh says, no, I don't want to suffer. And what does Jesus say in his prayer to the Father? Not my will, yours, Father. Not my will, but yours be done. The second Corinthians tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. The reason it says that is because sight is often totally wrong. We know intellectually that God says, my ways are not like your ways, they're higher. My eyes are not yours. My thoughts are not yours. But emotionally, when we put everything we have on the line, it hurts so much when it doesn't seem to work. But this is where God says, keep going. If you are preaching my gospel, if you are doing my will, the success is in your faithfulness. The success is in your relationship with God, not the results. Did you ever notice Jesus in the Bible talks about us sowing? He talks about us uh, fertilizing. He talks about us reaping, bringing the crop in. But he never talks about us doing the growing, us doing, causing the seed to take root and grow. The harvest itself is totally the responsibility of God. We can't do anything to the harvest to make it grow. 
We can add all of the seed. We can add all of the fertilizer. We can be ready to harvest. But only God can make it grow. That's his responsibility. The question is whether, do we, whether we trust that. It's a hard question for us. So Lanfear goes the first time. One guy shows up. Goes the second time. Six people show up. Then over the next week, he remains faithful, and there's some growth. Some growth as they grow, they grow together individually as a group. Each of them start getting bonded to each other. But then an action, an event happens outside of their control, but which has a great effect on what they have done. There's a great market crash, stock market, and thousands upon thousands of people lose, lose everything. They lose their jobs and their money. That's typically when people say, hey, I don't have control over this world. Let me ask God what to do. I'm not in control. I need a savior. And that's what happens. They, the businessmen who Lanfear wanted to reach realize they're not in control and they need God. And they look around and there's a prayer meeting. There's a prayer meeting going on and already set up, ready to be attended, ready to, to fellowship, ready to minister to them at just the right place and just the right at time and just the right opportunity. And within months, it goes from Jeremiah by himself with one guy, with six people, with a handful, to 10,000 people showing up every day to pray with him. 10,000 turns into 100,000 around the country, which turns into hundreds of thousands, which turns into an estimated 30 million people coming to faith during the Third Great Awakening in the United States. Changed the entire landscape of the United States. And it starts with one guy being willing to say to God, my heart is disappointed. My flesh is challenged. But I trust you. I trust you that you called me, that your word is powerful. I expect good things. Are you expecting God to work in your life? Are you expecting the gospel to bear fruit? Do you trust that even despite your eyesight, that God is doing a powerful thing in your life? Do we trust the power of the gospel to change this entire world using one guy who's faithful and pushes through his own emotions to preach the gospel and bring it to a world that is going to need it very quickly? <laughs>